Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Broker with me, Ryan Deeds, where we discuss insurance agency operations, employee engagement, technological innovation, and how do we get this stuff to work? How do we make our agencies the best places to uh, be a part of from a carrier perspective, a client perspective, an employee perspective? Big shout out to NDO for uh, supporting our distribution channel, www.useindio.com. If you don't know them, you should check them out. They're an awesome company that'll help really make your customer journey, your customer experience better, more effective. It proves differentiation without you having to stand up and say, hey, we're different, makes it easier to do business with your agency. So check them out. Today, I'm excited. I've got somebody that I've met recently. He's kind of a superstar on the stage. Everybody knows him. (laughs) I got Jason Cass from the Insurance Alliance and What's the other part? Uh, so the Insurance Alliance and Agency Intelligence is the platform that I operate and run. And walk me through what, 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 so help me understand, help my listeners understand what the difference is between the two. What do they do? Right. Okay. So, so the Insurance Alliance is what I do, I guess you could say full time. Um, I split my time 50-50. I have a three location agency in Southern Illinois, one in Edwardsville, Illinois, which is right on the other side of the river, St. Louis. And then two of them kind of in central Southern Illinois. Um, So that's what I started doing back in uh, 2010. I've been in the industry since 2001. Uh, But then I started my own agency. And through maybe some of the stuff that we'll talk about, I created a platform called Agency Intelligence. So just to all you uh, listeners out there um, who are listening to this, I may refer back to agency intelligence a lot because a lot of the thoughts that I have is on my current podcast and on my current blog I write. And I mean, you can, and so you're actually an agency owner on a day-to-day, you're in it every day right now and writing insurance, covering clients, dealing with all that jazz. That's, that's primary job? That's what I do from about 6.30 to 7 in the morning to around noon. Now, I always do podcasts in the morning but those are only one or two a week. But yes, that's what I do until noon. And then from around one to around three, one to four, um, I have a full team that runs agency intelligence and I work with them. And agency intelligence is a platform specifically for insurance agents education and knowledge transfer. I mean, what, what is that? Correct. So um, this is a long story. I'll keep it short. Uh, I used to be the chairman of the National Young Agents uh, back in 2010, 2011. I was elevated to the chairman in 2012. And um, why that's important is that the big guy would fly me around America. People would tell me these ideas. They wanted me to tell them what, tell what I was doing as a young agent. And these, and these people would come up, give me these great ideas about how the industry could change. And I would say to them, hey, why don't you go tell that to people? Like, that's a great idea. And they would say, that's why I'm telling you, Jason, you have the microphone. And so that's kind of the reason why I was like, wow. So I created Agents Influence, which was my first podcast, released it on March 20th of 2000, or 2013. And that was called Agents Influence. And that was to give a voice to those who have no voice um, by creating momentum and change in the insurance industry. Um, that's what we were doing. And so those people I would bring onto my podcast, it elevated into something. Um, started to be that I noticed around 2017, 2018, a lot of it, when it first came out, it was owned by Grow Program. That was the company that Ryan and I, Ryan Hanley and I started. 
And then in 2018, I started noticing that some of my executives um, for insurance companies were listening and they're saying, hey, I like it when, like I talk to people like you, Ryan. Okay, they, they, they like that. And then some of the agency owners were like, hey, I like when you talk more about the agency operations. So I created two podcasts, Kept Agents Influence, and then I created Agency Intelligence, AI, and that's real agents and real agencies giving you the real agency intelligence. And to add on top of that, just to finish that up, um, that is the platform that I created as well. And I have bloggers and um, other podcasters on our platform. And it is kind of the outreach area is what we like to say for the independent insurance agent. There's really no outreach out there that helps educate agents. And then inside of agency intelligence, I have a mastermind. That's a paid mastermind. It's got about 130 people in it. So there, that's what I do. There you go. That's awesome, man. And that all came from you starting in the, in the industry in 2001-ish and kind mm -hmm. of taking that and driving that forward. I mean, that's, that's, that's right. And I created a book in 2015, kind of in the middle of all that with my thoughts. And I just knew from a young age, Ryan, that, that in the industry, uh, I got in it when I was 23 and 41 now, that I realized things were just different. And I saw it. You know, they say that I'm part of the exennials, right? People that were born from 77 to 83. And, 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 and the, the generation X before us was born analog, raised analog. The millennial was raised digital, um, born digital, raised digital. And the exennials from 77 to 83, we were born analog but raised digital, right? I mean, when we first came out, they didn't have Nintendo, but in 84, 85, 86, Nintendo came out. And I, that's how what I was grew up on. So I didn't know it, but then I did. And that allows me to be able to look to the current um, heads of the industry who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and respect their wisdom and understand that it is the way forward. They have left us the greatest industry God has ever created through those people. So I respect that. But also at the same time, those who are younger than me, I can see their stance. I can understand that the consumer is changing. I can see their demands for video and I can understand that maybe a lot of them today, I think one of the things you've said the other day, Ryan, on our podcast, which I have used it a couple of times, is the account man, uh, manager-centric culture. That was one of the things you talked about that I brought up with my uh, business partner. We went to Chicago last weekend, locked ourselves in an Airbnb for three days and just beat out our 2020 plan. <laughs> and, and, and I really talked about that because he wanted to give a bigger bonus to the producers, right? And I wasn't against that. But it got me thinking, to me, I wanted to give the bonus to our head account manager. I wanted her to get the biggest bonus. Because seriously, like, if we don't have my two producers, like Travis and I, my business partner, we could produce, right? We don't anymore. We train, but like, we could do it. No one's going to, no one's going to stop us. I mean, it's not like we're going to start losing ground. But if we lost Sarah, or if we lost Pam, <laughs> the agency is going to be a little bit different because that's stuff that, you know, with download, I know about download. I sit on Ivan's board, but like when it comes to how it specifically is done in my agency day to day, she works with two VAs and we use marble box for backroom work and her and Pam coordinate all that and work with the producers. And I mean, no way. 
Yeah, and it's, and it's just tough because producers have much easier metrics to leverage. Hey, producer, you've got a new business goal of $150,000. If you sell that new business, we're going to really say that you were responsible for most of it, you know, depending on how you have your gen lead gen done. But for an account manager, they have 30 different variables that affect their freaking job. So it's so much harder to determine how that is. So, so let me take this one step further, Ryan. Let me prove your point for you. Okay, so all you, you Ryan listeners out there, you deed heads. So what I want you to know is this is important. I just wrote a, an article about this, I think a day or two before you and I had our podcast, Ryan. And here's what it happens to be, is that when I wrote my book in 2015 called Customer Service is Just Foreplay, it's the modern customer experience that will separate you, right? Like all agents, if I ask them whenever I'm speaking, I say, hey, what separates you from the agent down the road? And they'll say customer service. And I ask the other agent, and they say customer service. And I ask the other agent, they say customer service. I said, what if you guys are all in the same uh, town? And I'm a consumer. How do I distinguish? It's about the customer experience. Some of the things that we've got to now, since I wrote the book, I'm able to describe the customer experience a little bit easier to take it into their heads. There's two ways we get business. We hire producers, we sometimes pay them a monthly salary, and then they have to go out in the world that we've trained them, most of them in commercial lines, um, don't really know much about business. They're only learning what we taught them at the same time we're teaching them insurance. They're writing with us, they're learning, but we set them out into the world and they find somebody and they bring them back. And this is a metric that a lot of people don't understand. You don't have a 30, 40, 50% closing ratio. What you do with that individual person you're sitting in front of, you have about a 10 to 12% closing ratio. And the reason is, is because if the national average, let's say is 88% in retention, that means that 88% of the time, the incumbent keeps the, the account. Now, when you go as a group, a large group of people, you could say, when I meet multiple people, the rule of numbers says that I will close 30, 40, 50, 60% of them, right? Okay, side note. Sometimes we don't think of it that way, Ryan, and we need to. So one of the things is we train them to go out and get it. Then when they bring them back in, we have a certain amount of closing ratio over all the people they bring back, 30 to 40%, right? And then if they sell it, we then pay them a commission. Let's think about the customer experience culture, which drives right to what you're saying, Ryan, with the um, with the account manager centric culture. What if we did nothing but take care of our clients and we did nothing but create a customer experience from the time they first hear our name to the end of this process where they're buying multiple products from us. What if we do nothing but take care of them? Here's what happens. Our customers who are inside the experience will leave outside and go tell people how great it is. And then they bring in people into our agency. And according to statistics, we have a 70, 80, 90% closing ratio on that type of business. And the person who went and found it was somebody we didn't even pay. Actually, they were paying us. Because we have to remember that a lot of people say, I make money off referrals. When you have a customer experience culture, you actually make money off referrals in a reactive or in a proactive way. There's a difference. And I say this to my producers all the time when they say, hey, I got a referral. Did Sheila leave my customer experience and go tell John, hey, or was it John who called Sheila and said, hey, I'm needing some insurance. You got anybody that you can go to? Say, yeah, go see Jason Cass down the road. Or 
Sheila is, is with John and says, I got to tell you what, this insurance company that I'm with, this agency is incredible at some of the stuff they do. I've never seen anything like it. That is a proactive referral. And those are what customer experience cultures bring. The reactive is where a producer is out there just beating the bushes and happens to find somebody who says something to somebody else or because he finds them. Two different types of referrals. And you can only get a proactive referral in a customer experience driven culture. I just, wrote a, I just wrote an article on this called, Are You a Gold Digger? And the reason why I put that is because Billy Williams says, cast your money, your gold is in your book. That's where your gold is. And quit trying to mine outside when you own the mine and mine your own stuff. So sorry, I got that. But it was so important, Ryan, when you were on the podcast and that you said that about that account manager-centric folk, uh, culture, you're right about that. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that, you know, just like you said, you know, there's a big difference between me, a friend of mine saying, hey, who would you get insurance from? For me having an emotional experience at some point in time, being excited enough to share that with somebody else to drive that person to go get there. I mean, the, the trust that's created in my sharing that because I was so jubilant about it. I, I do have a really hard time with figuring out what that looks like from, I mean, because, uh, you know, the, when I think customer experience, first thing that comes to mind, Amazon. Second for me is Bank of America. I mean, it, you know, Bank of America has changed some stuff up for me. And I just, and I love, I, I won't leave them because of certain um, conveniences that they provide. And I think like a mobile app, well, like a mobile app that is super useful, right? Just super and, useful. And, and I have the only mobile app that I know of probably in a hundred miles. That's an independent. That's an experience that we play on. And I think it's the best in the industry because it integrates into my management system. So they're seeing my effective date or their effective dates. They're seeing their policy number. They're seeing some basic insurance coverages, just exactly what they're allowed. I mean, they, they're grabbing every piece of information, but what we get it used for over 70% of the time, we have a dashboard that tells us this is the ID cards. Hands down ID cards. And you will not believe how many times we have gotten referrals from someone pulled over on the side of the road. And we will say to them, hey, go to the app store and download this real quick. Use, use your email address. Boom, they get it. And we have gotten it. That's a proactive referral, right? Here's the thing. The modern customer experience is about making insurance tangible. We have always thought that insurance is intangible, but online bill payments on being able to service themselves, having mobile apps and the other things that you can do, this makes it tangible. That's why the consumer buys today. When you're talking about that Bank of America and the other one, Amazon, you're thinking about convenience and the simplicity of being able to do things. Can I make my own changes if I want to, or can I call the office if I want to? What I think creates the best customer experience, I say this a lot, your best customer experience is in a targeted prospect list. Absolutely. I think segmentation is, I, I talk about that more yes. than probably anything else because I think it's, it's such low-hanging fruit that if an ops team has not gone through and said, hey, these are our, or an agency hasn't said, this is what we're great at, these are the customers that we service, yep. then they're trying to figure out value on each segment of that. That, that, that's where you got to start. You can't have this without that. You know? What if you're an agency? So people say, Jason, give me an example of that, right? It's real simple. Let's keep it and let's make it just silly, right? If I'm an agency that says we only accept phone calls, we do not accept text. 
if a client that we're come into us says, hey, we only like text or that's our preferred method because most agencies don't ask, that's our preferred method, why are you taking this person on as a customer? All you're going to do is frustrate them through the relationship and they're going to end up leaving you and probably say how terrible your customer service is when all along you should have just told that $175 monoline auto that it wasn't the best fit for you. Creating another um, a, a partnership in the community with another agent that that should go to. Ryan, one of the reasons, and this is my brain right now, I want to write this into an article. It takes a while sometimes for them to come out purely. But one of the things, the reasons why the independent insurance agent cannot evolve is because we have not done the other things that other professions have done. Doctors, you have a foot problem, you go to a podiatrist, you don't go to a cardiologist, you don't go to a cardiologist, right? If you're a lawyer or if you need law service and you're getting a divorce, you don't go to a bankruptcy attorney or a work comp attorney. These guys refer each other business because they know their specialty. Right. Insurance agents are terrible business people and we can't get out of our head that, oh, I know I write this and this is kind of off the beaten path, but we can do this. No, refer that out. Start strengthening your, your relationships and start making it. We have an agent here in town. He will not write any commercial business that's over like ten dollars to $15,000 in premium a year. But this dude is huge in the industry. You know what he likes to write? SR22 insurance. You know what we send him? SR22 insurance. And we tell the people he's going to give you the best service and people will be like, so you're not going to give me a quote. I'll be like, well, we'll give you a quote because by law we have to. But I'm telling you that this guy's going to be the best. Man, he refers us. I'm not, when I say a lot, I'm going to say probably three accounts over the last three or four years that we've had that. But every one of those accounts has been like fifteen dollars to $20,000 or more. So this is a great relationship, you know? Right. And that's how we start to show our clients that we're specialists. And we got to get out of that mentality. And Ryan, let me put it to you this way. We don't have to get out of that mentality. That type of mentality is going to get those out of the industry. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in niching. I mean, from an employee retention standpoint, when I look at what you can staff for at specialties and figuring out how to deliver that value, a general agent, and, and, and I think as we look at 10 years down the stretch, right, 10 years is a long time, but yeah. I, I like to kind of think that way. I think we have hyper-focused agencies doing very, very specific things that are independents. I mean, I think general agents that are trying to write everything under the sun, they're not going to be able to keep the employees. They're not going to be able to keep the clients. They're not going to be good enough. To, to You can be marginal at things today. I think that we're seeing differentiation there, though, where more companies are looking for programs. You know, high net worth people want more perks. And so I, I think that that niching mentality, that, that understanding what you're great at and focusing focusing on that, knocking that out and then choosing something else. That's the path as we look forward. And, and I mean, you know, five, 10 years, I, what do you see from a, from a strategic standpoint? Oh, it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. So it's the, the catapult for my second book right now. It's called the great separator. Now, what I'm going to tell you listeners right now is going to be kind of mind shifting. So I really want you to pay attention here because I'm going to start by saying this. The data in your agency will be worth more than the revenue of your agency, and it will not even be close. It's the data. As an agency, can your data be allowed to be shared and integrated with other businesses? And this is where, and you know this more than anybody, um, Aunt Ryan, is clean data. 
Our management systems are dirty. You were telling me about a five-year project that you did, and you said that it takes two years just to get the data cleaned up and everybody on the same board so that we're all doing the same thing with the data that we're entering and taking out. So I want people to understand that here is the great separator, data people process, data people process. You have to have data in the future to survive. And when I say future, I'm talking three to five years. You have to have the right people to collect and mine the right data. Then you also have to have the right processes in place. Process is probably the most important thing. And the reason I say that is, is I say this, let me make sure I don't get it backwards. Do you think that big businesses developed processes after they got big? Or do you think that they had processes and then that got them big? Because I think we all realize they had processes and that's how they got big. Right. How many of us in our agencies don't have processes and that makes our people crazy? It makes them stressed out. And one day they're doing this, next day they're doing that, depending on what side the agency owner of uh, the bed the agency owner woke up on. And these things are stressful. And we don't have the data to be able to prove if the process works or not or if we have the right people in the right position. Those type of things are what is going to create the customer's expectation and even the unexpectation of what they can deserve, what they can get. That's where we're going. And so these agents who have all along said, well, I was told the fax machine would put me out of business. I was told email would put me out of business. I was told the internet was going to put me out of business. I was told social and digital marketing are put me out of business. Here's the truth. The people that are going to put you out of business are your clients, are your employees, your employees are going to put you out of business because they're going to start working for a place like me. They're going to start working for a place that's fun to work. They're going to start working for a place that's less stress. They're going to start looking for those type of things that are going to allow them to have processes to where when they go home, they don't feel stressed out. These are the things that employees are looking for and they're abandoning management agencies right now. I'm going to say we probably get one every couple of months who calls us and says, Hey, I would like to work for you. You know, hey, you're an agent of mine. I would like to work for you. That's the kind of stuff that we're doing. It gets a lot more in deep into that, but I don't have that much time, right? But yeah, I feel, I mean, I definitely think that's true. And I think that as agencies look forward, one of the things they have to do is figure out a way to get the ideas of those employees to be able to change the process, but retain standardization. And that's a challenging thing. You cannot have good data without good process. And, and it's kind of a catch 22. That's why it takes so long to do it. Because right. you don't see an instant return on it as you're creating those processes and enabling your staff to have input into that. I hate process that's driven from management down. I like process that's driven from account manager up. Yes. Know? And it only makes sense. I tell that to Sarah and Pam all the time. I'm like, why do you want me to create a process? You live in this. You know what I mean? Now, when you create the process, let me know what it is. Cause I've got a little bit more experience that maybe I can see something, share it with the rest of the team. Maybe they see something, share it with our VAs. We use our VAs, Ryan. This is a big part of our business. We use our VAs for around 35 hours a week. We um, have one of them. And then, um, and then we have, we use, I'm saying their name, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not throwing out a thing. We use a, a backroom service marble box for anywhere between hundred to 120 hours a week. And, and we, we are an agency that an average should have anywhere between 11 to 14 people, according to best practices. And we have six and, and the six means me and the owner and we're working on the business and not in it. 
You know, sometimes that's another thing too. Um, I had an agent just ask me this morning, Jason, when you say that, what's the difference? I referred him back to a podcast I did, but it's real simple. When someone says to you, don't work in the agency, work on it. I think that gets a lot of lip service and the person walks away from you, Ryan, and you're kind of like, what the hell did that mean? Right? Like that makes sense. But like, give me an example. An example is this. As an agency owner, your job is to do nothing but provide the workflows, the technology, um, and the assistance and the training to make sure that the employee has everything they need. The employee's job is to take care of the client. And here's what a lot of people forget because they don't have this. The client has a job too, and that's to pay the bills. <laughs> so, so, so whenever I think I tell this to my staff, so when the clients aren't paying the bills, because that means we're losing them out the back door, that means you're not doing your job. And because you're not doing your job, that's my fault. That's me working on the business is making sure that that's not my fault. When my employees do wrong, that's, that is my fault. And the book Extreme Leadership, uh, Jocko, which is this Navy SEAL, he's talking about this. And a guy says to him, a guy says, everything can't be leadership. What if a guy, um, you, you set up, a, you're getting ready to go into a battle and you have everything and you've got the team trained and everybody runs out there into the field for the battle. And all of a sudden, a guy just picks up his gun uh, for our team and just turns around and starts shooting the opposite way and starts killing his own people by accident, right? Not on purpose. Like he just, because he didn't know. And Jocko said, us in the military understand that that's a leadership issue. That really took me back, Ryan. I was like, how in the heck is that a leadership issue? And he explains in that book that everything is a leadership issue. Everything is a leadership issue. There was something about that, that soldier that he wasn't prepared. And that was his job to make sure that his team was prepared. Maybe it was the wrong person in the wrong position, right? Maybe the person was freaking out and having a bad day and a leader should have recognized that. And, and there's just a lot of stuff. And so when you think about that, that's what you have to say to yourself. When you're working in your business, you're doing nothing but concentrating on making sure that your employees have all the tools and make sure they understand that their job is to do nothing but take care of the customer. And then the customer, it's really weird. They just automatically pay the bills. <laughs> as long as long as you keep providing the the expected services, right? That's and right. Doing the thing, and so, hey man, I appreciate your time today, listeners. I, Jason, Cass, I, you and I got to get together and have drinks. So that'll be a fun night. Yeah, no, no, it'll be a very fun night. <laughs> we need to make sure that we do this for a couple of months. I'm serious. If they want to find me, check me at Jason at agency-intelligence.com. Go check us out at Insurance Agency Intelligence. Uh, you'll just love all the free stuff that we have out there. I do, I do it for you. That's what I do. And you can always put in Jason Cass on LinkedIn and you'll just get a ton of stuff out of there. And so, or Google. Google lies for me. That's right. Thank you very much, Jason. Listeners, a, a big, big shout out to y'all. Thank you. We appreciate your, you guys and your being a part of this. Big shout out to Indio, www.useindio.com. And we'll talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and E&O free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one -on -one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www dot u s e i n d i o dot com slash podcast